Like Fun is a craft beer and comedy podcast that offers a brief respite for women and men with real responsibilities. Featuring Greg, a tall, dark, everyman who knows what he likes, and Josh, Like Fun's resident beer quality expert. Together, our hosts take you on a journey of inebriated mirth so wondrous, it will feel as though you are having something like fun. Like Fun is not for kids. Unless those kids are from Wisconsin and accompanied by a legal guardian. If that's the case, come on, kids. Have a seat, throw one back, and listen up. Because life is too short not to like fun. come up with an actual uh, cold open yet i think that's our uh, thing that's the thing that <laughs> it'll be like 40 years in the future and we'll be like hello and welcome this <laughs> <laughs> is never fucking learn. just this is we're we're almost to what like 50 episodes at this point yeah this is arguably the best uh opening we've done yep uh, <laughs> so we, we uh, parted the kimono just a tad there and <laughs> So, uh, this is the show where we keep it positive, talk about beer. It is like fun. It is like fun. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, as always, am Greg. And this is Josh. And we are back at it again. We have a uh, remote uh, recording sesh. Uh, Josh is in the far-flung north of uh, Sun Prairie. Yep. Beautiful SP, Wisconsin. And, and I am uh, seated at my dining room table in the uh, within the Beltline confines of Madison. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's good to talk to you, Josh. Yeah. We haven't recorded in well, well over a week at this point, so I'm glad that we're back at it. Yeah. Uh, what are you uh, What are you drinking right now? I heard you, I heard you very animatedly yeah. guzzling something right before we started. Yeah. The best part about recording like this is we use the microphones that, like the Matt Damon microphones, so it's right up on your chest, so when you're guzzling something, <laughs> you can definitely hear it on the other side. <laughs> but, um, no, I'm drinking um, Infectious Groove by Oso. Mm-hmm. Um, Oso had, like, a crazy sale at Woodman's um, over the last weekend, and I had um, family coming into town, so I bought a case. I think it was, like, six twenty nine for a six-pack of Oso. And then you know Woodman's gives like a ten percent discount if you uh, if you give the uh, or if you buy a whole case. Yeah. So I think it was down to like five dollars and eighty nine cents or something like that for a six pack, and they make good stuff. That's, that's crazy. Um, I myself have. I am not drinking Infectious Groove right now, but I do have a couple in the fridge, so maybe I'll I'll pop one in a second. Yeah, it's a nice. Uh, it is. It is a fantastic. Uh, is it technically a sour? Is that what it is, or is yeah. it? Yeah. Um, it's probably, uh, fermented in the kettle. Um, it's like a lacto and beer, yeast beer, but yeah, so yeah, it's an American wild sour. 
Um, nice. Yeah, it's nice, sour. Would that age? Would it age well? Could you age uh, infectious groove? If it so, not to sound uh, off, but if it were um, not infected because it's a low alcohol beer, I think it sits at around uh, like four or five percent. Um, so if if it's packaged well, it might age okay, but it's not like it's not going to age like um, these all Brett beers or. Um, it probably won't age as well as, as a big beer, like a Russian Imperial or something like that. But sure, there's no sure. there's no hops really to go bad. Um, so you got that going for you. But I do think, you know, if it's exposed to oxygen or light, you're still going to get that cardboard in addition to mm-hmm. the sourness, which is not mm-hmm. pleasant, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, I've just been seeing a lot of aged sours recently, so I've been thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Cool. Well, I myself uh, am drinking, uh, I think it's a little bit of a theme of our app, mm-hmm. uh, is a, I've got a Three Sheeps brew going. Yeah. Uh, Three Sheeps uh, Sheboygan, Wisconsin brewery. I don't know if we've done much of their stuff on the show. No. Um, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming we've mentioned really cool water slides or just water slides as it is now. We've mentioned water slides before, um, just as, in passing during an episode, but we've never done a review. Um, yeah, Three Sheeps is one of those breweries. They kind of fall into, you know, like furthermore territory and maybe... Um, Gosh, I can't think of another great example right now, but just kind of ones that you don't really think about. And the only reason Mm -hmm. I um, noticed this stuff is because I think they um, changed the packaging at some point. Um, If if it was a long time ago, it was unbeknownst to me. But uh, yeah, really nice. Really have, and and I've noticed it. Yeah, the the packaging is dramatically different. Well, I'm drinking um, not. Uh, really cool water slides or water slides again, mm-hmm. uh, which is a fantastic IPA, honestly. Yeah. Uh, or is it an APA? I can't remember. IPA, APA. Um, I know the one. It's good. The one that we're doing tonight is an Imperial or a double IPA. I okay. think water slides is just a straight up IPA, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Sounds good. I mean, it, it is, it's a fantastic beer, whatever the case. I am drinking their Fresh Coast. Uh, oh, I haven't had which that. Which is their Juicy pale ale. Oh, okay. So it's a uh, New England style, uh, or excuse me, East Coast style pale ale. Um, it is very cloudy, very cloudy. Mm-hmm. Uh, big, like hanging pieces of uh, I don't know if you call it detritus or uh, whatever the haze is, but you could you could see physical strands of the haze when you poured it. Oh, yeah. With these um, juicy and, IPAs, I think it's a lot of yeast. Um, there's something about mm, this unique yeast that gives a lot of the juicy flavor. That's probably what it, what you're what you're tasting or seeing. Um, yeah, but you never know. It could be protein. It could be a lot of stuff. Well, it's good. So mm-hmm. I, I hope it's not just like they didn't, <laughs> they didn't like put on the filter or whatever. But the uh, the can actually claims that they. Uh, the, the haziness of the uh, East Coast style allows for more of the hop oils to to just stick around. Hmm. So you can really enjoy those uh, elements of the, the East Coast, which is, I think, the, where the juicy uh, juicy pale ale craze is sort of coming from, is the hazy the hazy pale ales. But mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's pretty darn good. And it's low-ish alcohol. Nice. 4.8. Pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, so Three Sheeps, oh. looking forward to uh, reviewing this beer. It's one of these um, breweries that, you know, like, they really only have um, four or five beers hanging out in on the market. But I think if you mm-hmm. go to Three Sheeps, like, I checked out their website, like, they do lots of cool stuff, you know, like pepper IPAs and sours and, you know, awesome. crazy kind of recipes to go along with their um, flagships. But yeah, yeah, looking forward to that. I, I was just in this weekend. I was in Sheboygan, so maybe I'll be able to drop some knowledge when we really get into the review about what Sheboygan's like, because <laughs> uh, I, I grew up very close to Sheboygan, so I have some opinions. <laughs> but uh, we'll get we'll get around to that. Uh, yeah, so Greg. we get into the first segment? Yeah. What is good, Greg? What's good with me? Uh, what's good with me, shockingly, uh, is that I, I organized a thing. I did a thing which I'm not usually known for, <laughs> um, being organized or doing stuff. I organized a kickball team at work. Nice. Uh, so we got an adult kickball team, and we got a uh, terrific amount of participation from my school staff. I'm really excited about it. Uh, um, and uh, I was actually uh, called out uh, in a positive way by the administration for uh, not just being so overwhelmed by work, uh, that I, you know, would forget that people have human needs for, for bonding and, a, and emotional support. So uh, I'm really excited. This is our first week this week. On Wednesday, we have our first game. I am the team captain. Sweet. And uh, it's, it's I've done, I've done adult kickball uh, a couple of years. It's been a little while, but I've done it before. You ever, you ever done an adult kickball league, Jack? Uh, no, I think we were, I don't know if, I don't remember if you were in it, but I was in, I was roped into some sort of kickball thing in college. Um, I think beer was involved. Oh, no, you know what it was? It was, um, the Badger Herald and the, uh, the Daily Cardinal would have a kickball game every year to decide, I don't know, (laughs) who's the best at kickball. Right. Was that the, and there would be a, like a keg there? Yep. Take a third base. You guys would, yeah, and then you take over Vilas? No, what's the park? Is it Vilas Park? I think it was Vilas Park. The one with the, the, uh, the shoe-shaped slide. Yep. Yep. Where young men would go to uh, grope each other. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then I, the only thing I remember that about that was um, to decide who took the field first and who batted first. You would chug a beer and uh, it, they would do the Editors-in-chief would do it, and then uh, I think the comic book editor would editors would do it, and then just, like, the person who you thought might be the best beer chugger would do it, and it's best of three. And I was chosen yeah. for the person who you might think <laughs> is the best at it. Yeah, how'd you do? I won. I won mine, but I think the other two hey. lost, yeah. Well, I mean, the the... I actually, I always read the Herald over the Cardinal. Come to think of it, that was, that oh, was yeah. my paper choice. Even though the the Herald was less predictably stable, mm-hmm. like every so often there'd be some opinion piece in there where you'd be like, "Wow, Ooh. the fuck did this guy like that? That this person uh, has an opinion so bad? I am impressed that they can read and write." Yep. Like that's <laughs> and every so often one would sneak into the Herald that was like that, but. Well, like, I think the, th- uh, the thing was the Herald was run by, like, alumni, and the Cardinal was, like, a school paper. So there right, was an adult right. somewhere. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, 
All right. Well, uh, yeah. So I, I'm I'm just amped up to play kickball. I uh, I play with my students frequently. I actually got out and played a little bit uh, with the kids mm-hmm. last week. Uh, kids go crazy. Uh, like teenagers go crazy for kickball. They oh, yeah. love it, uh, and I love it, especially at the beginning of the year because they don't realize how much I'm willing to cheat. <laughs> like I. <laughs> I cheat a lot. Uh, it's it's always my favorite when one of the the sort of young athletic uh, men who uh, you know thinks that they can really boot it, get on base, and uh, you know uh, stretch out maybe a, a single into a triple or a home run or something, and I will like physically tackle them <laughs> because <laughs> I am just all about cheating to win. So is it is it too uh, late I mean, to? That's, uh... it's, is it too late to crowdsource your team's name, or have you already decided on that? <laughs> we well, I'd like to know what you would suggest. How about we do that? Why don't we have a little pitch set? How how about the uh, what was the name of your high school again? It's all high school employees, right? Yeah, it'll all be high school employees. It was the the Jaguars didn't. I thought you said they, you gave it a pretty. Oh, the yes, we have. We are the well. We can't because <laughs> there might be alcohol involved, so we can't actually. Oh, you can't go be by associated. Our school name. <laughs> Uh, but it's uh, we're the Royals. That's our that's our mascot. Oh, oh, <laughs> like the how about the the Royal Kick guys? The well, we don't we don't want people to catch on. Oh, okay. Are you are you like just like rubbing a cable knit sweater against your microphone no, right that, now because that's what it sounds that's like? My, that's my that's it's it's dribbling my my. Uh, Microphone's dribbling down my chest. I don't hold it to my mouth like you see people at airports do. Is that better? <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit better. Nice, Thank you. nice. Um, so the uh, the the team name that we did choose, which I'm uh, is derived from current slang among young people. Uh, when you when you ask a young person to do anything. This is a response that you might hear. Uh, oh, why are you always doing the most? <laughs> That's what they tell us. Why are you always doing the most? So our team name is Doing the Most. Nice. Uh, so we're, we're very happy about that one. Yeah, I love it. Uh, but yeah, so kickball is good with me. What is good with you, Josh? What is good with me uh, this week? Hurricane Irma is what's good with me. Um, yeah, not the, the hurricane the size of Texas yeah. that caused the largest evacuation in American history. Yeah, like 17 dead so far. Not that part of it. Um, yeah, I'm sorry to hear about it, and uh, I'd encourage all of our listeners, if you haven't already, uh, donate to the Red Cross or to um, uh, community shelters that you know of in the Georgia and Florida and Alabama area. Um, don't donate to anybody you see on the internet. They're just after your money. Um, but definitely donate to the Red Cross. They know how to spread that money around. <clears throat> but no, um, the story that I saw that piqued my interest was, and I know I think maybe you've seen it too, is the uh, group of gun-owning civilians in <laughs> Florida that uh, decided to go to the beach and fire on Hurricane Irma in hopes of turning it back. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. And it just kind of got me thinking about, like, oh, man, like, this this war against the weather and kind of like our how our generation is viewed you know like what we think war is and like what something like the civil war was and it got me on this like comedic thread in my head about 
my son's generation will be watching Ken Burns documentaries about the war on global warming, but like the literal <laughs> war on global warming, like <laughs> people writing like letters to their their loved ones, like September the eighth, twenty and not seventeen, Hollywood, Florida. To my dearest Lindy Lou, the indications are very strong that we shall move against Irma in a few days, perhaps tomorrow. <laughs> Lest I should not be able to write you again, I feel impelled to write lines that may fall under your eye when I shall be no more. I have no misgivings about, or lack of confidence in, the cause in which I am engaged, and my courage does not halt or falter. I know how strongly American civilization now leans upon the triumph of we gun-owning citizens over the weather, and how a great debt we owe to those who went before us standing and delivering against rain clouds, tornadoes, and other such manifestations I don't care to know. I am willing, perfectly willing, to lay down all my joys in this life and turn the monster away from our shores. Lindy Lou, my love for you is deathless. It seems to bind me to you with mighty cables that nothing but omnipotence could break. And yet my love of shooting guns in the rain comes over me like a strong wind. (laughs) (laughs) And bears me irresistibly towards Miami Beach. Lindy, do not mourn me for dead. Think I am gone and wait for me, for we shall meet again. Tell my two brothers and hers that I call God's blessing upon them. Oh, Lindy, I'll wait for you there. Right soon. Brigadier Weatherman, Charlie Shortino. <laughs> oh, are man. Gonna, are you going to, in post, are you going to put the Ashikin farewell you're, for that? You're goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I walked down the aisle to that song. Oh really? I... Well, my lovely, my lovely wife did. Oh yeah, no, I do remember that now. I think did... <laughs> was it a cello viola mash? Well, I can't I, remember. It was, a, it was a violin, I think. Just a violin. I don't remember particularly from your wedding. You had you had like one instruments. Favorite, one and of my shit. favorite parts about that was we hired just a random UW student essentially to uh, do that for us, and uh, they came and they happened to know some people at our wedding and. Uh, then they just invited themselves to our reception. <laughs> like they had not been invited. They were suddenly just at our reception, uh, which turned out to be just fine. Yeah, I was so. I was wondering why there was just like a guy with a violin case sitting on the bench outside. <laughs> oh, no, that was the, the uh, hitman that shadows me. Oh, okay. Um, so that was really nice, Josh. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I don't know if you appropriately captured uh, how uh, incredible it is that someone who could write that letter would also go to the beach and wait for a storm to come. (laughs) I mean, well, I was going to say would would uh, be like, uh, oh, man, I, I really am excited to go and die so that people can still be slaves. That is my greatest hope, that people will continue to be slaves, so I will die. <laughs> That's my thing. Pretty much. I'm into it. So, Also, shooting guns at storms is hilarious. Yes. Yeah. I laughed for like a solid 25 minutes when I saw the diagram that they made about where you should shoot the storm so the bullets won't fly back at you. <laughs> that reminds me of the, uh, there's that one cut scene in Independence Day where there's a news anchor just on a random TV in somebody's room going, 
authorities are advising Los Angelinos not to fire their guns at the alien <laughs> spacecrafts. Yeah, and it's it's kind of this phenomenon on the internet where I I can never be really sure if people are trolling or if they're serious. <laughs> you know, like getting into it with a flat earther. They always have the advantage because they can always out it and be like, dude, I was fucking with you. No, <laughs> no, no matter how much time they spend defending this weird thing that they like, in the end, they can just pull it out and be like, no, dad, I was, I was screwing with you. Well, that's also like the uh, the internet memes that came out before the eclipse where people on, on Twitter were like, you know, Trump supporters, don't let the libtard media convince you that you shouldn't stare directly at the eclipse. <laughs> oh, yeah, I wrote some of those. I like that. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's get into the next segment. Yeah, here. let's move into it. It's been a while. So we have um, yeah, a treasure trove of and Willie we, Street. Boy, boy, oh, boy. Are we back with a vengeance on this one? So we're going to get back into the Willie, pardon me, the Willie Street Cooperator. This is the monthly uh, rag that comes out uh, supporting our uh, very successful local co-op system. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, uh, this is September's edition. And every, every uh, edition has these customer comments that you're allowed to submit letters or comments and they will respond like a staff member will respond to your interest in you know uh cage-free eggs or yep uh, kombucha like locally locally uh, fermented kombucha or something yeah right fresh ground cumin just poured directly yeah, into you your hand <laughs> so uh, today's very first, uh, <laughs> very first letter is an absolute humdinger. Uh, it is, it goes under the, um, category of commons conversations. Okay. And the, the reader submission, uh, is thus question. There is a young man conducting Bible studies. Oh, shit. One on one. Several evenings per week at Willie North. Religious freedom is not protected in public spaces, and I find this highly offensive <laughs> slash inappropriate, period. End of letter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad he got that out. <laughs> so, uh, uh, fantastic. Uh, Kirsten Moore. Uh, cooperative services director is back with a vengeance. God, I love me some uh, Kristen Moore. Responding to this one, as always, she thanks the, the uh, uh, submitter for sharing their concerns. Um, and the most fantastic part of this, uh, in addition to the fact that the reader or the the, the submitter uh, did not provide their name or contact information, uh, they are unable to. Uh, find out anything further about these meetings. Because well, who doesn't <laughs> because, like to scream into a void via a, <laughs> like, a produce co-op newsletter? I would, I would love to find out more information about this supposed uh, thing that is happening, but you didn't provide me with a way to do that. <laughs> uh, but the best part of this is uh, the second uh, segment of the response is, the co-op is not a public place. <laughs> it is a private business. <laughs> so <laughs> that is just... Shut the fuck down. (laughs) 
religious freedom is not protected in public places. Well, we are not a public place. <laughs> we are well, a private business. Beyond that, um, <laughs> isn't is freedom of religion not protected in a public place? Well, I, I don't. I, I think that that's an equally insane proposition. Um, like just because you're out in public doesn't mean you can't like have. A prayer, you can't like get public money usually to support you with that prayer, right? Yeah, like, you can't, you know, be funded. But I'm pretty sure you're allowed to just yeah do your thing. That's a, a combination <laughs> of freedom like, of religion and yeah. freedom of speech. I mean, like unless you're uh, economically or physically impeding upon somebody, and you can say whatever you want wherever you want, right? Uh, it's it's just. It's, my favorite part is how she ends it with just, however, if this person is talking with someone who wishes to talk with him, we believe they're within their rights to discuss or study topics of their choosing privately. <laughs> it's just like, so people are just allowed to have conversations if they want to. Yeah. I can't believe we have to tell you this. <laughs> she's, she's so good at talking down to somebody without like explicitly making it seem like she's talking down. <laughs> I really, we should get her on the show. Yeah. I think we've said that before, but we really should try and get her on the show. Yeah. All right. Um, so that's fantastic. The next one is uh, pretty uh, egregious, but not quite uh, as uh, outstandingly hilarious as the as the last one. So Sometimes right, the comedy is this in the nuance. Entitled, this one's entitled Expansions. Okay. Um, question. I'm totally opposed to more expansions. <laughs> Period. As a member since the beginning, in the early 70s, I complained about your first expansion. Why can you apply some funds? This literally says, why can you apply some funds to price relief many of my friends, and maybe me too, in the near future, I won't be able to afford you? That's barely English. <laughs> but I love, love, love the idea of someone so entitled with their long-standing co-op uh, membership that they're like, I should get free stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Screw steady growth. I want a check in the mail. <laughs> I have been paying uh, uh, too much for your grossly overpriced produce <laughs> since the early 70s. How's about I get a check... For 25 cents back. Yeah. This guy is amazing. And of course, the response from, in this case again, Kirsten Moore. Thank you so much for supporting us all <laughs> these years. And for sharing your opinion about co-op expansion. She also says we hold a vote of the ownership regarding the types of expansion. Uh, so basically, it was passed by referendum with 77% yeah. of the votes. <laughs> So basically, she accuses this person of being undemocratic. <laughs> and she goes on to say, furthermore, we do apply funds to price relief. <laughs> we yeah, have I know, if you're a member. Discount, yeah, for, show, for shoppers with low income. You can receive 10% off groceries. Uh, we, also can, uh, we are also contributing labor and marketing support to the Pilot Fruit and Vegetable Prescription Program at UW Health Northeast, Northeast Family Medical Center uh, in partnership with the City, County, and Second Harvest. Basically, she's like, hey, here's all the good shit we're doing, which is a lot. <laughs> like, a lot of good shit. 
And then she goes on to say, and we have many sales. <laughs> there are sales like she lists them. Uh, Wellness Wednesday, meat sale Thursday, <laughs> fish sale Friday <laughs> and flash sales, which benefit owners. Um, so shut up. <laughs> like, oh, God. Uh, and this is always how I picture the really entrenched Madisonian yep. who shops at the co-op. Oh, yeah. Waking up in the morning, you throw on your poncho, you ride your recumbent bicycle down to pick up what you're going to be eating for the next day and a half. And just And then just complain about your position in the world. <laughs> Why am I the only one who cares? Yes. I try so hard. Also, I'm special, and I deserve special privileges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. And that has been uh, the Willie Street Reader yeah. September edition. Not bad, not bad. The summer was kind of dry. It was it was mostly, like, legitimate, you know, complaints about the price of beans. <laughs> oh, man, I made the cheapest meal the other day. Speaking of beans, I, I made a, a lentil stew that had, like, onions, garlic, lentils, uh, like a couple of, pe- a couple of little types of seasoning, and pork neck. Oh, yeah. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I got, like, two and a half pounds, three pounds of pork neck for under $3. And uh, it was delicious, except apparently pork neck bones oh, yeah. are, are like, so fra- like fracturous. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just, they're made up of one, one pork vertebrae is made up of a thousand razor blade shaped <laughs> bones. And those camouflage and those lentils, they're just kind of like oh, little, little assassin knives hanging out in there. Yeah. It was it was uh, uh, heinous picking my way through it. It tasted great and it was so cheap. But uh, I, I don't know if my gums will ever recover. It felt like I was doing chew with all those little pieces <laughs> oh, of plexiglass in oh, it. That's too bad. But you know, uh, it tasted good, so... Yeah, it tasted delicious. And good for you. Um, but yeah, all right. So uh, why don't we take a little break here and come back with uh, the beer review? Yeah, let's take a little break. I've been looking all around me 
What do you think you see? Well, the boots are out on Broadway. Nashville, Tennessee. Go. All right, and we're back. And uh, today we are uh, reviewing, um, if you haven't already guessed it, from our hints earlier, First Kiss by uh, Three Sheeps Brewing Company. Um, we've already talked about them a little bit. They're uh, yeah, on the smaller end um, for a distributing um, beer company, but uh, uh, they make um, a, a couple of great beers. We talk, we talk about um, water slides, um, at least, you know, occasionally, um, which is a really good IPA. Um, they also do an amber, which is, it's not out of this world, but it's definitely, like, it would be in the running in a side-by-side with Capital um, and, you know, like, like Badger Club and whatnot. You know, it, it might surprise you um, how good that particular beer is, but... Yeah, Three Sheeps Brewing, um, kind of one of those uh, companies that might fall into the background. But now they have this um, neat new um, packaging, and it kind of my eye got drawn to it. And it's this like ultra textured paper that they um, bond yeah. to the bottle, which is I'm really I'm feeling neat. it. I'm feeling the bottle right now. Yeah, and it's like parchment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. It's nice artwork. Um, you know, like really tight Wes Anderson. Type stuff, you know, with uh, um, solid and combination of fading colors and just kind of like a geometric balanced design with honeycomb and hops. And speaking of which, First Kiss is a um, honeyed and dry hopped beer. Um, I don't know. It doesn't list exactly what they're dry hopping it with, but... um, the reason why I decided on this beer, not one of the many other beers that we had at the uh, party last weekend, um, is because I've been looking for like forever for a IPA or a double IPA that does the resin thing and not the fruity thing that's been so popular of recent. And this one did the resin thing for me. I was like, finally, like finally, you know, a, a dry finishing beer that has that pine resin, almost like tarish uh finish and uh so I, yeah i was like finally excited about you know like a beer that is at least new to me that tastes like what i fondly remember ipas and double ipas tasting like so yeah so i'll get into it uh visually it's a i'd say a deep or a dark gold um with a nice tight white head um all the points for appearance aroma like i said um pine tar resin um, and then some floral character kicking around. And then also, um, one other thing to say about beers that are honeyed, um, they can be terrible. Like you can spend a ton of money on honey and just ruin a beer. And they did not do that here. 
the body is really nice. So they, they obviously played with malt and finishing it with honey, I would think, quite a bit. Or they hit the jackpot because um, it's a nice medium to medium high body beverage with um, some nice honey character, not cloyingly sweet like you often get when they say. And they the thing, the sad thing about honey is, you know, it's expensive. Um, it doesn't always improve the beer. Um, and I think in this case, it's pretty well balanced. Um, and I don't know if the fact that it's wildflower honey kicks in a little bit more flower character, but there is a floral yeah, character. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not totally sold on the differences in yeah. honey character. So I'll, I'll be interested to hear what you really think about that. But I mean, I doubt it, um, that it, that that has anything to do, you know, I bet that the honey character is mostly existent in the body the beer and this floral character that's kind of kicking around way in the background is some hop, you know, nugget can do that. You know, a a lot of the old world hops can have a floral character. Um, Mm -hmm. And who knows what they, I don't have the ingredients list um, handy, so who knows what else they're putting in here. But yeah, I'd say overall it's a well-balanced beer. I mean, balanced a little bit towards the heavier side of a body, but that's what I wanted at the time. Um, a lot of times people say these double IPA should be more, um, what you would call like far West coast style and just be super dry and just, um, let the hops do all the talking depending on the day I might agree. But, uh, today I wanted, you know, like some body and I wanted it to be, you know, relatively heavy on the bitterness and heavy on body flavors. So malt sweetness and uh, a little bit of that honey stuff. From a technical perspective, what, what does it take to make an IPA a double IPA? It's just a matter of um, strength. I, have the, can't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the BJCP um, lists um, Imperial. I think now double or Imperial is something you put in front of IPA to um, okay. insinuate a larger alcohol by volume. Um, okay. You know, I, so Imperial, Imperial and double could mean the same thing? There's no... Yeah, there's no... I mean... Um, they do kind of. Yeah, because I'm sorry. This is an imperial, not a double. Yeah, this is so they class or they, they call it an imperial, and it's an eight point eight point two percent alcohol by volume, which easily um, puts it into like the, the double IPA category. Um, I think even mm-hmm. IPA, like a plain old IPA, can get up into the sevens or eights and still be judged as an IPA as long as the body um, matches, you know, like what they're or what they say they're going for. Hmm. But yeah, this is really. Tasty. I gave it a forty-four, um, and actually on the on the sheet it's a forty-four point five. But uh, you know, I I could maybe be on a different day bringing up to a forty-five. It's an A A minus beer, in my opinion. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I had a good time with it. What do you think, Greg? Um. So I'm looking at it right now. I've I've tasted it, and then I was kind of like waiting for you to get back to me because if I'm if I'm going to drink it during my segment, I don't want to drink a second one because it is pretty alcoholic. Yeah, it's a big boy. Um for for a, you know, week week night. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm hanging back. I'm still finishing off my infectious crew. Oh, by the uh, way, when I, when happy 911, yeah. Greg. Happy Oh yeah, hey, it's 911. <laughs> yeah, 17 years of misery. Uh, uh knock knock. Who's there? 9-11. Oh. Oh, 9-11. I'm sorry. 9-11 who? Drinking my- <laughs> 9-11 who? You said he'd never forget. Oh. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> the, uh, but the the infectious groove is just setting me up for this. But uh, what I what I'm impressed by with um, the first kiss, the three sheep's first kiss, uh, imperial India pale ale with wildflower honey, is how much it socks you in the mouth mm-hmm. when you first drink it, and then it tapers off really smoothly yep. and delightfully in a way that I I think is pretty unique. I don't know that I can think of a beer that does that. Um, and that's like the, I think that's an effect of the honey in the IPA mm-hmm. is that it smooths out at the end on the, on the back of your palate. It's real nice. Yeah. Um, it is super dark mm-hmm. for an IPA. It's not hazy. It's just dark yeah. looking. Yeah. It's dark. I mean, it's, kind of, it's still it's almost like sinister looking. Yeah. I mean, holding it up to a light, you can still kind of call it golden. I don't know what it would register, on, like if you measured the mm-hmm. SRM. But yeah, it, it's um, more menacing appearing than a lot of these West Coast IPAs out there that you could still call like yellow or pale. Um, it's it's cool though. I I'm kind of into it. Um, let me take another sip here. Yeah, I get the I get the the pine notes that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. What's what's again? What does it for me? Because uh, I I like a a piney IPA from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, what's an example of that? Um, Torpedo. Um, tor- sure, sure. What I what I will say is those can be done well, uh, but frequently they're done as like a novelty. Yeah, like here's something shit. Here's something that's garbage. Yeah, have at it. This is super. Uh, I mean, like, I mean, they do kind of advertise this one as being 110 IBUs, which, um, if you're just going for efficiency and trying to get a hun- even 90 IBUs out of an re- out of a recipe, that's what you're talking about. Is where it's just like bitter, like for the sake of bitterness, and there's no nuance. There's really no flavor outside of like that very far side and back of the tongue acrid flavor and right you could even accuse torpedo of doing that to an extent but there Mm -hmm. is some nice smell in that particular beer especially if it's fresh but yeah i know what you're talking about this one goes uh from that flavor to very and very delicately but seamlessly transitions to the honey wildflower uh, delight mm-hmm. that it ends with, yeah. which I think is probably really hard to do. I, I, I can't imagine that that's a simple uh, thing to set up. And the bottle, as I'm looking at it, it says that it's brewed with um, brewed with heart and science, <laughs> uh, which I think is funny. Uh, but they have a number of like emblems on the on the bottle here. So they have the three sheep's uh, brewing Sheboygan, Wisconsin, with a sheep on it. Then they have the Brewed with Heart and Science little uh, logo. And then they have uh, a picture of Wisconsin with the uh, number three on it. Um, They are, like, logo heavy. Yeah. (laughs) Which I think is interesting. Yeah, because I don't really remember very much of their packaging before the assumed rebrand. And we're we're both assuming that they rebranded, I Mm -hmm. think, because I don't remember it being very well advertised. It was very cartoonish. Yeah. It had the three sheep sitting on top of each other's shoulders previously. Um, it was very 
it didn't look amateur. It just looked, I don't know, it didn't look like a beer company. Yeah. Maybe. And now it's got that kind of classic sharpness to it Mm -hmm. uh, that mimics a a serious company's uh, design look, perhaps. Yeah, there's a certain um, uh, expectation these days with craft beer. Um, Your uh, Fantasy Factory and your, uh, what's another good example? Like, Ale Asylum does a really good job hiring artists. Um, the only brewery that really gets away with, you know, like letting someone you know do art is is uh, uh, New Glarus. And um, they still play that up, and I'm sure they have design teams that help um, put that stuff together. But, but yeah, there's a certain expectation of, like, how good the bottles and the packaging should look. And it does mean, like, quite a bit. I mean, like, trying to get your stuff off the shelves. Yes, yeah, and that's that's interesting, isn't it? How much and we we talk a lot about packaging actually yeah. on the show. You know, like a meal is it, like it, it, the first fifty percent of of a meal is is um just looking at it. You know, if it doesn't yeah. present well, you know, you, you right. you're not mentally set up to enjoy it. And the shelves are so stocked with beer. Oh yeah, right now it's hard to stand up. Um, that that you really do need that, um, and we know that. But it's interesting seeing someone who was producing things that, you know, it wasn't hard to find three sheeps. They were in a lot of bars. They mm-hmm. were on store shelves. It was not hard to find them. And they had a reputation. Uh, but clearly somebody was giving them uh, feedback that was like, well, that's not enough. Uh, you really need to have a little bit of a makeover happening. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I think it works for them. I think it makes them look more serious. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So I think. I think they're doing a good job. I'm glad to see it. Um, water slides, or what, what did it used to be called? Crazy water slides? Or? Uh, it was a really cool water really slides, cool water but then slides. they rebranded it to just water, water slides. Water slides has always been a Again, good Again, another, another change where they were like, that we got to go from cartoonish to more serious. Yeah. So I'm glad that they're kind of back on the scene and looking forward to maybe them doing expanding a little bit. You said that you had one that I'd never heard of. Um is that in a bottle, or do you just find it like in a growler? It was in cans. It was in cans. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, Fresh Coast. So new stuff. So maybe we'll check it out. To, yeah, we'll have to check out some more three sheep yeah. stuff in the future. Some new white. We'll do another yeah. three sheep's beer. And they're and they're in Sheboygan. Yeah, and not Sheboygan far. is a fascinating city because it is really industrial. It is basically smack in the middle of uh, in between Milwaukee and Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the it's definitely the largest city between Milwaukee and Green Bay. Yeah, and they have fantastic lakefront, but historically, it's kind of viewed as this blue collar, super shitty town. I remember growing up, one of my friends had uh, his folks were divorced, and his dad lived in Sheboygan. And at one point, he told me that he had been out fishing in a river that goes through Sheboygan. And he had caught a fish that had three eyes, like the fish from The Simpsons. And I <laughs> believed him because I had been to Sheboygan. <laughs> but that's the kind of like that's the kind of place that it is. It's like it's so industrial as to, uh, at least growing up, make you kind of question what they're what they're really doing to their environment, and uh, it's not physically beautiful. But now I've been there recently. And it's a party town. Yeah, uh, people people refer to it as Chevegas, 
Uh, and there is, in fact, a bar that is entirely Las Vegas-themed, hmm. known as Chevegas. Wow. Uh, it is garish and horrible. <laughs> but it's a they have a quite a an entertainment district that you can walk down. There are a lot a lot of bars there. It might be the city with the most bars uh in in the state. Honestly, uh most bars per capita cuz it's crazy tavern town. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, if uh, you get the opportunity to get there, there's actually a really good dining scene as well. Huh. Uh it was a ill ill uh Retrovo, yes, or uh, Stefano's, which I think is owned by the same people, but uh, really, really cool dining scene there. So go to Sheboygan. Check yeah, out uh, sure. the uh, Blue Harbor or whatever. There's a huge resort there. Crazy big resort. But All right. All right. Anyway, Josh, you got some questions. I got some questions for you. All right. So if uh, Three Sheep's First Kiss were a school bus driver, <laughs> what does he drive when he's not driving the school bus. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, so this this school bus driver is actually going to be really hard-edged, but very cool. All right. You know, kind of that, that gruff, no-nonsense one who also, like, will, uh, you know, maybe go too fast through a roundabout to, like, give the kids a little, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a little show. Yeah. Like somewhere uh, in between, so, like a Mrs. Crabtree and an Otto. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm gonna say that they are—they're uh, driving a really like beat up, sad looking SUV, uh, but it's got a bumper sticker that's like, uh, uh, "My kid beat up your honor school, uh, your honor student kid," <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that that's, but they're, but they got a heart of gold. Yeah. So they're a son of a bitch. People would describe them as, oh, they're just a son of a bitch, but <laughs> damn, if I don't want him on my side in a fight or something like that. Is this person blasting like Aerosmith or Guar out of this, out of this beat up SUV? Uh, as, as I recall, you're, you're a fan of, uh, Saddam Agogo. Is that, is that one of your favorite Guar songs? I believe so. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> it's been a Guar long being, time. Like, God, what an awful racket. <laughs> War. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we have a standing invitation uh, for Guar to come on the show uh, and feed Josh to the worm. I don't know so. if my wife would let the worm into the house, but... <laughs> but yeah, I, I would I would totally go to a Guar concert. I've never been. I've heard it's awesome. I think it's probably fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, that's a good answer. If three sheep's first kiss were an item on the doll on the uh, dollar menu at McDonald's, what would it be? So that's going to be something that when you were growing up, you would have been like, "Ew!" But now you're like, "That's actually very good," and that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on the dollar menu, oh boy, um, I haven't been to. Uh, wait, I, I might have to consult a McDonald's expert here. Hold on one second. So uh, I'm going to use my phone a friend, Josh. Hold on <laughs> okay. one second. Beep, boop, beep, beep. A parfait. There we go. <laughs> that is it's perfect. a parfait. No, that's good. They, uh, thank you. Thank you. Bye, wife. Bye. <laughs> 
No, that's, that's my, my, that's I my never wife. would have thought She's of that. She's an expert in McDonald's. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just hung up on you, so you can't still be talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, yeah, that is a good answer. I never would have thought of that. I, You know, I'm only familiar with, like, the fried stuff that's on there. Like, I think it's the four or the six pack of of uh, the chicken nuggets. And then oh, yeah. the two cheeseburgers or the one... Um, quarter pounder or one of the i can't remember what it is now it's not the quarter pounder anymore it's like a weird in-between burger yeah i don't i i remember growing up i never i would never have a big mac i thought they looked disgusting (laughs) and i remember i got one god it must have been sophomore year of college and i never looked back (laughs) (laughs) i was like these things are fucking great yeah (laughs) Yeah. All right. So yeah, that, that's good. The parfait. That's something I, I I never would have thought of. But yeah, I know what you mean. And then a kid would never get a big glass full of yogurt. Um, <laughs> when we were growing yeah, up. When we were growing up. No, thank you. Parfait. I'm talking about. No. So um, if Three Sheep's First Kiss <clears throat> were a Pee Wee Herman character, Big Adventure <laughs> or otherwise, who would it be? Uh, okay, so this is a deep cut that I, I think you'll be familiar with, Josh. Uh-huh. Uh, this is gonna be, uh, uh, the, the, uh, cowboy character. Cowboy Curtis. Cowboy Curtis, yeah. yeah who was played by... By, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. That is correct. I love that. Yeah, Morpheus. Yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely, it's definitely Morpheus, and I'll tell you why. Um, sorry, Cowboy Curtis. Uh, <laughs> Because uh, it is very uh, 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 surprising mm-hmm. when you taste it, much like if you were rewatching uh, Pee Wee's uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse, oh, for sure. And Lawrence Fishburne showed up in a bit role, <laughs> you'd be like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> Man, there, but, there's uh, a ton of realize... that show. <laughs> That's true. Mm. There's also a but scene. Like, which, for different reasons, um, is funny as a kid and as an adult, where Pee-wee decides to make um, a toy for his lunch, and his lunch is um, a pint glass full of Sprite and, like, four raisins. And he puts the <laughs> he puts the raisins in the Sprite, and then it goes to, like, a wide-angle lens right at the bottom of the glass, and you can see his eyes behind the pint glass. And as the raisins go up and down, because the um, carbon dioxide's latching onto it and pulling it up to the top of the glass and then down, and they kind of race, Pee-wee just laughs insanely for, I kid you not, like six minutes. Just like... (laughs) 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 Well, that one's going up. (laughs) Like like an entire block in between Uh, commercials of just that. It was amazing. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess I guess the the beer is like a, a celebrity uh, cameo on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, yeah. Where you're like, this doesn't make any sense, but I love it. <laughs> Another one in in the in the vein that you're that you're on from Big Adventure is uh, is Large Marge. That was a surprising character. Mm-hmm. When the uh, when she uh, she she did the original like M Night Shyamalan, where she was the ghost the whole time. Like one of my <laughs> where she like. Her face goes all fucking claymation yeah. and shit. Yeah, I had nightmares about that for, like, years yeah. afterwards. Because it was a kid's movie. No. Totally. Totally. 
Speaking of childhood nightmares, I just went and saw It. How was that? Uh, I loved it. Oh, good. I loved it. It was so good. Um, really, really captures the book, but at the same time uh, does new and interesting things, but, like, is so scary, but, like, doesn't 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 sell out. Like, nice. they really, they did just a fantastic job, and it's scary, but I got out of it, and normally if I watch, like, a, a horror movie that really affects me, I don't actually sleep well. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm scared for a while, mm-hmm. uh, just because it, like, burrows into my brain, but I just enjoyed it too much. I would go and see it again. Good, good. Well, I mean, you're a big so King good. fan, so yes. I'm glad that they didn't yes. mess it up for you. No, it was tremendous. I, I actively I actively did not go to see The Dark Tower because I heard it was so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was disappointing. But this one I'm this one I'm way into. Good. Yeah, I I've seen tons of like pictures on the internet of people going to go see it on like the midnight showing or the following night and there's like a dude that dresses up like a clown and sits, you know, like in middle middle and then like gets <laughs> to watch the movie by himself cuz people refuse to go in. <laughs> but yeah no yeah so that that sums up that's our review of three sheep's first kiss you can find it anywhere i mean you know it's all over the place three sheeps is doing a big push right now and i think they've always been around it's just one of those um companies that was at least used to be easy to ignore um but i'm glad they're back pushing back and you know they do make some good beer so go out and buy one it's uh, fun stuff. Uh, speaking of fun stuff, um, we have uh, some musical acts to thank. Um, thanks to the Whiskey Farm for doing our intro and Pork and Bottle String Band for doing our outro. And uh, now we'll have um, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades and uh, uh, Gin Fiddle, which is another band that uh, agreed to um, do some music for us. So we'll try to put them in the break here and there you guys to uh, listen to they actually one of my cousins is a member of the band and they dropped by um you can see a video of the performance that they did in our side yard it's a uh, pretty good like the um the two uh male vocalists and and my cousin who's a backup are just like phenomenal it's surprising like how good bands that aren't really signed that do just like they tour you know to live but um Mm-hmm. They're, they, you know, they're not making money hand over fist, um, where, you know, you see yeah. them and you think, wow, they should be, <laughs> you know, um, that's really cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thanks to them for stopping by and having some tacos and picking some tunes. It was a fun afternoon, but yeah, that's all I got for you. Very cool. Very cool. Well, uh, oh, we, we have, uh, on the, uh, website, right? We got the link. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can, uh, uh the, um, go to the website, www.likefuncast.com, um, and there is a link if you want to advertise with us if you're a business. Um, we charge a little bit more, but if you're just uh, someone who wants to do an announcement, um, we'll guarantee you a show the following Thursday um, or any date that you choose, and we'll say just about anything you want us to say. Um, send a message to a loved one or announce a, uh, an engagement or a funeral, um, you know, <laughs> whatever floats your boat. Um, and we're willing to advertise for um, almost any business. Um, if you want to, um, just uh, drop into PayPal or email us first, and we'll walk you through it. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. 
Well, uh, you know, it's uh, 9 o'clock, after 9 o'clock on a Monday. Yeah. And tomorrow's Tuesday. Um, yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Something about, like, fun. <laughs> oh, that works. Yeah, we're pretty good at this. We're wrapping up with this song about living in the country, which we know nothing about. But All right, we can call that good. It's a good song anyway. Awesome.